Hey listeners, it's Keith from Evertrue. Evertrue is the end-to-end solution for insight, outreach, and analytics for higher ed advancement and stewardship teams around the world. Recently, we launched Evertrue Studios, Advancement's very first media hub, where subscribers have access to over 100 hours of free, on-demand original series and podcasts, all created with fundraisers in mind. Check us out at evertrue.com backslash studios. I'm Kim Naoni, and this is Mentorship Matters, a podcast that examines the current and future landscape of fundraising leaders and the power of inclusive mentorship in advancement. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by a friend and former colleague, Bart Patterson, past president of Nevada State College. How are you doing, Bart? I'm doing good. Glad to be here. Yes, good to see you. Bart, you were the seventh president of Nevada State College, Nevada's fastest growing and most diverse college. You are the longest serving president in the history of NSC, having served uh, close to 11 years in that role. And prior to that, you're with the Nevada System of Higher Education as chief counsel and vice chancellor of administrative and legal affairs. Now, you and I have known each other for many years now, going back to my time serving your alma mater, Utah State University, go Aggies. Your mission has always been to leverage the power of higher education to transform lives. I often share with my colleagues in advancement that our mission is precisely to help our mission-focused leaders to achieve their purpose through philanthropy. As president, you made it a priority to build an institution that provides affordable, quality, and accessible education that could transform the community of Southern Nevada. And your vision was so strong that it resonated well with the community that obviously needed another institution of higher education to move things forward and resulted in record fundraising that transformed Nevada State College and continues to shape the future of Southern Nevada. So much so that fairly soon here, we're going to have Nevada State University. And uh, uh, hopefully. (laughs) So with a successful career in NC administration, for those of you who don't know what that stands for, that's Nevada System of Higher Education and Law. You made a transition to become president at NSC. That's a big that's a big move. So talk to us about your mission as a leader and how it guided your decision, if any, to take on the presidency of a growing institution. Yeah, you know, um, great question. And I, I think all of us have things in our background that shaped what's important to us. And uh, for me, uh, I think that that personal mission that I had, for lack of a better term, was just make a difference. And we use that term, or use that term at Nevada State in talking about our interactions with students. So, you know, that, that making a difference was not as easy to do as first a lawyer uh, yeah. in private practice and, and with my own firm and that kind of private background for 15 years, and then to move into higher education also initially in the legal realm. So I was always doing things in the nonprofit world that I thought was making a difference, even when my career at the time didn't always feel like I was making a difference. Um, So I love the underdog. I love a challenge. Yeah. And Nevada State brought all of those things. And I was just in the right place at the right time. I don't have a traditional pedigree to be a president. I didn't come up through academic affairs, but I was kind of in the right place at the right time. 
And so it was that vision of transforming the institution from a relatively flat enrollment kind of institution that was serving Nevada, but not to its full potential to really make a mark and scale that up to serve a lot more, as you pointed out, diverse, first-generation, low-income students. Going all the way out to Henderson, which if you don't know the Valley, they're often on the bus for as much as an hour just to get to campus. So it's not in the most central location, but they came to Nevada State and came in big numbers. And I think it was that driving vision of of making connection with students and and focusing on the student experience. Yeah, I mean, what what you what you and your leadership team were able to accomplish uh, for Nevada State, I mean, it's simply phenomenal. I mean, to be one of the fastest growing, you know, colleges and serving the true first generation, uh, you know, first generation students that are in abundance in the valley, we're making a difference. And it's it's those efforts that are going to diversify the economy of the valley and offer opportunities for companies to come in and set foot. So it's it's, it's truly remarkable. And as as you think about it, you 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 alluded to it a little bit here in your response. But what experiences informed your mission and vision as a leader in higher education? Well, I mean, your whole life is part of your uh, the experience matrix that you bring into each assignment or uh, opportunity that you have. And I think one of the critical things for me was my parents were both in education. My mom was in the library. My father, kind of in the middle and later stage of his career, uh, worked with the migrant education program, a federal program to help migrant kids who were traveling with their parents to different regions uh, of the West and provided supplemental resources. This was back, back when a time we recognized migrants were so critical to the fabric of our uh, society and for things like the agriculture economy. And so we actually made a federal effort to help those kids continue to get an education even though they were traveling with their parents for months at a time. And so I was, I got exposed to that kind of, of work that, you know, is being done with students who are so deserving and so need that kind of special effort in such an important way. And so I think that's always, you know, again, guided kind of my thought process is to be part of, of uh, you know, the underdog. And then all of us have had great teachers. And yes. when I think about the great teachers that I've had who really inspired me, took a chance on me, even at Utah State that we alluded to, you know, I had a professor let me into an upper division class my first semester of college. Yeah, not, not supposed to, no. uh, but I talked to him, I talked him into it. And he saw something in me that really motivated me. And so when you have those kinds of experiences of understanding how you've been motivated uh, by people really uh, inspiring you and encouraging you and challenging you, then you try to convey that same kind of philosophy in an institution of higher education and do those same things with the students that are, that are coming up through. It's very powerful. Absolutely. Uh, you couldn't have said it better. I mean, uh, in advancement, we all oftentimes we have conversations about, uh, you know, careers and, you know, why should you go work for institution X and Y? You know, most people think about the financial rewards or being able to to be in an institution where they can raise uh, significant amounts of money and all that kind of stuff. But lately, we've been talking a lot about the why, you know, the the the, the mission. 
I've had opportunities to join organizations and I decline because my mission, similar to yours, is to serve others. My mission is to is is to use the power of higher education, leverage the power of higher education to open up opportunities for students and uh, change the trajectory of their families and and you know sort of facilitate up social mobility. So if I feel that this institution that I'm pursuing and opportunity that I'm pursuing does not meet that, then for me, it's not worthy being there because I'm just going to be miserable. And, and so uh, when we think of success in advancement, it is often linked to an, an institution that has a clearly articulated mission, vision, and strategic plan. People know why you exist, why you're there, and what you aim to do now and in the future. How did you partner with your advancement team in Nevada State to articulate your, your strategic vision and sell that vision to donors in order to gain their support? Because you guys were successful. I mean, you wrestled uh, a few donors from my former institution because, because you had a good vision. And they said, hey, there's that school in Henderson, Nevada that's doing great work. We want to be part of that. So how did you work with your team, sort of fine-tune that and sell it to your donors? Yeah, great, great question. I mean, I, I think, you know, first of all, we have to recognize that different institutions have different missions. Yes. And so their objectives uh, can be different. And so as you point out, part of, of what you do in advancement is align yourself with the uh, organization, whether it's the, the particular uh, college or school or the, the university itself that matches what your own personal vision is, or you find that connection. So when I worked with advancement, certainly they were part of all the conversations in building our strategic plans. They have to be, they should be. When I, when I think of the institution and uh, particularly the primary roles of a president, I mean, they're really uh, advancement is, is one of the top things along with student you know, success and building the academic part of the institution. And so all of those things are really critical and advancement needs to be in that conversation. If you're not in the conversation over the strategic planning process, then the institution is really making a mistake by not including, uh, including them. So when, when you think about how does advancement directly connect to that mission and to that strategic plan, uh, you're really kind of looking at that intersection mm -hmm. of what are a donor's values, uh, what are the institution values? What is the institution mission? And can you create that intersection or find that intersection between the donor and um, those values and that mission? You find that intersection, then you're gonna be successful uh, with that donor. And that's true of any human interaction on anything, you know, yeah. advancement, anything. You're trying to find the commonality that mm -hmm. is so important. So for, uh, our mission, which was so critically focused on this first-generation, low-income, diverse population, and without an alumni base. So, you know, Nevada State is just too new to have an established alumni base, so a mm -hmm. completely different advancement mission. So we had to find donors where that value of improving the lives of uh, these kids that were so deserving resonated with the kind of impact that they wanted to have with their, with their funds. And that's what we were able to find, is to find that intersection. And there are plenty of people who had no affiliation with the institution whatsoever that will have an affiliation 
with those those core missions that you have in it. A university has multiple missions, so I don't mean that the mission of Nevada State is you know the same at every institution or even unique to Nevada State because we all have students that fit into these yes. these types of uh, categories. But you put it the best. You know, at Nevada State, and what our critical focus was in our mission, uh, as we put it, was helping uh, students help themselves and change their family trees. They were first in the family to go to college. The impact that a donor could have was not just on, even on one individual. It was on an entire legacy for generations to come. I mean, that's a really powerful message. So that's, that's how we weaved the advancement into our strategic plan. And then we would have obvious specific plans of how uh, advancement was going to help achieve those objectives. Yeah, I mean, I can think uh, of your nursing program. I can think of education. And we all know the Valley Valley needs uh, medical uh, professionals. The work that you were doing in partnership with the other institutions, I mean, that's truly, you know, transformative. And a lot of the folks that were going through those programs, like we've talked about, were first generation. I mean, my ex-girlfriend was one of them. And, uh, you know, first one in, in family to, to go to school and the way the programs were designed, were designed with, you know, people that work in mind so that, you know, you, you, they were able to, to, uh, to, to complete that program in a timely manner and be, be productive students. So to, to have development professionals on your team that believe in that is really, is really, really important. I mean, you can tell the development professional who's just doing it because, hey, I'm just here for the job and the paycheck and the ones that truly live the mission of the institution and they buy into what you're trying to do. So moving along here, from a uh, president's perspective, why is it important to have an advancement professionals whose mission is aligned with the mission of an institution? Because I know well, from I my mean, perspective. Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to improve your success and it's going to create more synergy in the team to, uh, to have that feeling that everyone's on the same page, pulling for the same thing. And I, I mean... <laughs> I was thinking about this and like, you know, I'm a classy case of going to buy a car, right? Uh, yeah. You go to buy a car and let's say you're at the Lexus dealer and, you know, you find out that the, the sales person is driving a BMW or, or whatever, yeah. you know, yeah. and then you're all like, okay, so no, <laughs> you know, it's like, a, it's you like don't a believe in the product. Yeah. It's like a glaring example of, of how, uh, there's a disconnect sometimes between the mission of the organization, the values of the organization, and what even any individual uh, advancement uh, person uh, might do. You have to really, again, a, a, the advancement person is going to do better in that context as well. They're going to feel more comfortable, more at home, more confident if they truly believe in the mission of the institution. So, you know, I'd say it both ways. If And this is of all staff, including advancement. Uh, if you're not wholeheartedly behind the mission, you will do better and the institution will be better served if you go to an institution where the values or mission are more aligned. You might want to be at a research institution and focus on research. You might want to be at an institution that has the highest achieving students in the nation. You know, go there. <laughs> yeah. Find your way there you will be happier and our institution will be better served because we're really looking for, as you, you would think about it, the true believers that they're going to make the difference. You know, I had one of those experiences, uh, I think you and I have talked about in the past, where 
I went to a place that offered me a good paycheck. And at the time, I didn't have a, a mentor tell me, no, 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 you don't want to do that. And I went there from day one. It was obvious that I'd made a mistake. They were not people focused. They were not really mission driven. And it was all about, you know, research, 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 and at all costs. And so for me, as somebody who cares deeply about underrepresented students, uh, low income students, and, and using higher education as a vehicle to transform lives, it was, it was an obvious mismatch. I mean, I, I lasted six months and I say, okay, it's time to go. Cause that's, that's not, I did not get into advancement just to focus on, 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 uh, in, uh, on revenue generation. I mean, I, I got into advancement primarily because I believe in a power philanthropy, which of, of course takes resources. So if you're you know, a top research institution that's people focused, you got the money to be able to offer scholarships to underrepresented students and all that. But oftentimes, you know, we, we kind of treat those things as, as if they're different. So when I have, a, when I have conversations with uh, uh, folks that I'm mentoring, I've told them to say, hey, why are you there? Do you really believe in the place that you're in? Or why are you concerned this, uh, this, you know, this institution or this nonprofit? Does that speak to you? If it does not, it's not worth the money. Stay where you are until you figure some things out because you may go there and regret it. And I can't tell you how many times, and it goes not just you know junior team members, but also it's very seasoned people in vice presidencies that have gone to institutions and five months in it, they say, man, I wish I'd, I was back at my old institution. Oh, I wish I, I, I didn't uh, listen to what they're trying to sell me because I'm here. What they sold me is different from what I'm finding. And most of the time it's not their fault. It's just that they needed you and uh, you present a certain, uh, you know, a certain aspect of yourself that they found appealing. But then like any other union, you get there and you, you look at it and say, well, this is really not it. And so, but it takes time, I think, for many folks in advancement, it takes them a long time and, and seasoning, a few body blows to get to a point where they understand that and that life is bigger than simply earning a, 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 a handsome paycheck and being miserable all day. I mean, that's just not that's just not how it should be. So as we think about about what we're, what our conversation here, we may have a few people in vice president roles or in leadership roles in advancement that are wanting to know, well, how do I ma manage my relationship with, with the president, with uh, people uh, you know, in, in, in leadership that are really mission focused and they wanna get things done and how do I best support them? How, how do I be successful in that? From your experience as, uh, as president, what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, I, first thing I'd say is one size doesn't fit all. So mm. just keep that in mind. Your style in working with leaders may have to adjust. In order for you to be the most successful, it may have to adjust to different leadership styles. So you may have a president or a top leader within the organization that's very down in the weeds and will want a lot of detail, a lot of reporting, regular interaction. And then you may have a president like me <laughs> yeah. who stays pretty high level. And I really don't want a lot of reports and I will help you any way you ask me, but I don't expect to get contacted on everything until it's you know time to make an important decision or you know there's a crossroads and, and you know the, the individual wants my guidance or more suggestions about how to approach things. My experience has always been hire good people and let them 
let their talents and their creativity shine to build the, the plan to be successful in their role. So uh, I think that that's the key, though, is the communication that you have with the leader to find out and understand both their style, uh, how often they want to be communicated with, how they want to be communicated with. Do they want things in writing? Do they like uh, a verbal report? Do they only want to be contacted if there's something critical involved? And kind of, kind of work with that. Uh, find the common, again, the common ground so you can understand how you will work uh, well together. And it's okay to challenge a leader to, you know, say, I really think you need more interaction than that. Or, you know, I can provide written reports, you know, once a week, but that will take away from my time from doing other things. So that's fine. I'm fine with that. But I just want to make sure that that, that will help guide what are the values that the leader has, what is the style that the leader has. Those kinds of conversations will help you be successful. What if somebody's in a situation where they have a leader who is very hands-on, they want to be involved in every aspect of development, they know the best strategy to pursue and so on and so forth, but they don't. They're, that's their first presidency, they've never been a president, and you know you find yourself your Mr. or Miss uh, Vice President of Advancement trying to navigate that situation. What would you what what would you advise somebody? I I, I think I know the answer, but uh, there's only one boss in that room. But please do share. Well, here's some experience from the legal world that I I thought was always helpful. One of the situations when you when you get into that kind of hands on, I I want to make all the decisions is to at least put it into a box where the decision that is made is within the realm of the direction that you want to go. So uh, it doesn't always work, but you know, I could recommend putting together you know, several options about how to approach something, all of which you know, will be potentially successful. You may have a favorite option, but you at least put it in, into a box in which the decision, the most likely decision that is made, even if that individual is making that decision, is one where you can you support. So I think about it that way. And then obviously, if, if you're consistently being in a situation where you're being undermined, if you will, or you're not able to actually move the organization forward in the way you want, then uh, either that person has to be has to move or you have to move because you can't consistently as a professional go through, you know, kind of a rote, I'm not making any decisions. I'll just do whatever the person says at the end of the day when you're the expert in the field. So that's obviously something that you have to play out individually in each situation. Well put. So as we, uh, as we wrap up here, I want you to uh, sort of go, go back to our conversation about following your mission and w- how your mission led you to Nevada State College and how that experience was fulfilling. What are the two uh, or three key takeaways that you would like to share with advancement professionals about the importance of uh, following their mission. You know, as we've been talking about here, it's absolutely critical as folks are thinking about advancing their career, you know, in the field of advancement, uh, whether it's junior level to mid-level to senior or seniors that want to become, you know, cabinet level uh, positions. It's absolutely critical that individual mission is aligned with organizational mission. And so uh, give us a couple of takeaways uh, for, for our listeners. Well, I mean, you have to understand, obviously, the mission, and uh, notwithstanding what might be in the catalog, you 
might learn what the actual mission is over, over time, that it might be a slightly different focus than, than the broad platitudes that you might see in a mission statement. So I think it's first understanding the mission and then uh, focusing on that, as I talked about before, the intersection of uh, the donor values with that mission is the key component. And then connecting donors to the mission through engagement with the university. I mean, I know you know all this. I know the, the people that were listening to this know all this, but you, you can't emphasize enough that although some donors, as you know, are more status driven and yes. love being, you know, hobnobbing with the president and top leadership of the university and the coaches and so forth and so on. I would say the majority of donors, and there are at least plenty of donors that want to be engaged in a meaningful way with students. Very so true. Uh, if you can involve students for many donors within the strategic plan of advancement, even have donors there at certain key asks to talk about their experience and in a program or at the at the university for some donors that's the most powerful thing that they will take away because they uh, align with with every institution's mission in part is to help students be successful the students makeup might be somewhat different but it's all about trying to keep students uh, help students be successful so if you can always find a way to engage donors with students, uh, I think it adds to the overall success as to, instead of focusing on the um, university leadership. That is an excellent summation, my friend. We could sit here and talk about everything and everything higher education, but uh, our time is limited and I know you got better things to do than, uh, you know, blabbing with me here. So I really appreciate your time. And uh, this has been a great conversation. Folks, uh, there you have it. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Kim Nioni. Thanks for tuning in to Mentorship Matters. We'll see you soon.